The JavaScript ecosystem has millions of packages. How do you choose from those packages to find the best of breed for your projects? OpenBase is a system for searching and discovering JavaScript packages. OpenBase includes reviews, insights, and statistics around these JavaScript packages. Lior Grossman is a founder of OpenBase and joins the show to talk about the JavaScript ecosystem and what he's building. If you want to support Software Engineering Daily in a greater capacity, go to softwaredaily.com and become a paid subscriber. You can get all of our episodes without advertisements. Lior, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Simple question. Why are there so many JavaScript packages? Well, I think it's about like developers having the possibility to create and publish something so easily in order to help themselves and other developers. I think the barrier to releasing and publishing packages, getting them to thousands of other developers has so like become quite easy. And that means that over time, more and more developers kind of started encapsulating some of the problems that they've been solving for themselves and helping other developers by packing these packages. And so like publishing them on NPM, allowing other developers to basically enjoy these same things that they build for themselves instead of like reinventing the wheel. Do you have any information about the rate at which JavaScript packages are growing in number? So I don't have any particular rate, but I would say that like, you know, we just saw like, I think last year, NPM, I think mentioned that JavaScript packages has crossed like 1 million. We're already at like almost 1.4 million. So that rate is definitely growing exponentially. I would say that's kind of like unparalleled. And we do expect to like, see the number of packages in NPM and maybe in other ecosystems as well, exponentially growing over time. And what kinds of issues come with the fact that there are so many JavaScript packages? So I think the biggest problem is that like having choice is a good thing, essentially. But developers, I think over time, they grow tired of like having to make these choices. Like every time you have to select a package, you have to exert some amount of energy. You have to spend a lot of time you know, researching the different options, different possibilities, evaluating the different packages, see if they fit your needs. And over time, this causes what they call nowadays like JavaScript fatigue, as in developers become exhausted of like having to choose between so many options. So in a way, having too many options isn't necessarily a good thing. Are there any safety concerns with the fact that there are so many JavaScript packages? I think there are like many concerns. Safety, I would say, is one of them. Because when you have, for example, like, you know, a typical modern web app uses probably dozens of different packages. And one of the problems with that is that every time you embed an external package into your project, you basically run the risk of like triggering like licensing issues, basically embedding something that causes like a security vulnerability within your project. And I think the more people use open source packages, the more they sort of like become susceptible to these licensing and security issues. Setting that aside, like there are like many other potential issues, such as like installing a package, you know, starting to use that package and then like, you know, it becomes unmaintained over time. And then like, even if you had some kind of security vulnerability, you have no one to maintain that package, no one to alert you no one to fix and remediate this problem. So I think this becomes a real issue over time. 
as we have like so many package, many of them are essentially unmaintained over time. You're working on OpenBase. Explain what OpenBase is. So OpenBase is a website that helps developers choose among millions of open source packages. We found that developers waste hours researching and evaluating competing packages. And we want to help them choose the right package every time. And we do that with user reviews, and we do this with powerful insights that they can't find anywhere else. And give a little bit more detail on what OpenBase does, though. If you go to the website, what does it offer you? So if you go to OpenBase, you can basically do a couple of things. First is you can search for open source packages by name, for example, and then you would go to a package page for React, for example. In the package page for React, you would get deep insights about like this package, but you can do the same about like a million other packages. So you could get things like average time between versions, minor versions, major versions. You could see how long on average it takes to merge PRs and issues. You could see the star count over time. So all these metrics come to help you choose the right package, essentially. And within this package page, you could also read reviews by other developers who've used React. So that is one way of like browsing OpenBase, namely by using search. The other way, which is kind of like more unique, is that we have actually done the work of categorizing a lot of open source packages. That means that you can browse our catalog of different categories. And for every task that you want to perform, for example, you're looking for an NLP library for Node.js, you can go to OpenBase, open the category browser, search for that specific category, and basically find and compare the different NLP libraries for Node. And we have thousands of different categories to choose from. What is the incentive for people to write reviews for these packages? So I think, you know, it kind of happens organically in the real world, where oftentimes, you know, when a a developer needs to pick a package, they oftentimes, you know, they chat with a friend, they pick up the phone, they ask, you know, on Reddit or Facebook, or like, you know, that they post something on social media. So I think developers kind of want to share their experience, like working with different technologies with other developers. And developers oftentimes look for the experience of other developers, basically learning from the collective knowledge of like other people before they choose a package. So I think the motivation is largely intrinsic in a sense that like developers, they have strong opinions about like, you know, different pieces of technologies that they've used. They were like disappointed or they really like enjoyed using it. Maybe the documentation was great. Maybe it was lousy. Maybe they found the package to be like, you know, super performant. Maybe it was slow. They usually want to share these experiences with other people. So I think it's largely intrinsic. And I think, you know, there's another thing at play here. And that is like developers sort of like love expressing themselves in terms of like building different like pieces of software. But I think in sort of a way, there's like a pride in using specific technologies. And I think developers overall like, they take a lot of pride in choosing and using the technologies that they love. I think they want to share it with other people as well. Has OpenBase, building it and becoming a user of it, has it revealed any insights to you about the JavaScript ecosystem that you wouldn't have known otherwise? Well, we did have you know, a few observations building OpenBase, obviously. I think one thing is about star count, which I think you know, a lot of people use GitHub stars as a so, so like way 
of measuring projects like popularity. And, you know, one of the first things that we build in OpenBase is we build this graph that shows the star count over time. And then we figured, like, you know, what's wrong with using star count? What is wrong is actually, you know, no one is ever unstarring, you know, a package. That really rarely happens. And what happens over time is that stars continue to accumulate and no one is actually unstarting the package. So you could see a package, for example, that hasn't been very popular even for like the past three years. And yet you would say it has like many stars over time. So one thing we found out is like that metrics can be misleading. And, you know, one of the problems that we're still struggling with and trying to solve is finding the right metrics to help, you know, developers choose the right package. Another example is the download count. So you would think that, you know, downloads are great. Like if people don't use a package anymore, then the download count would go down. And if more people would use a package, then the download count would go up. But then again, looking at the numbers, what we understood is that it's not a good metric because oftentimes developers download a package because it's a sub-dependency. It's an intrinsic dependency. And they don't even know they use this package, but some other package that they've been using actually installed this like sub-dependency. And then like, you know, looking at the download count, you would think, wow, this package is amazing. It's like super popular. So many people are using it. When in fact, very few people even know about this package because it's only installed indirectly. So I think, you know, our biggest take from building OpenBase that, you know, you cannot look at metrics at par value necessarily. Like they don't tell the full story. You have to dig deeper inside in order to find, you know, the kind of like deeper insights as to like, you know, how well maintained this package is and how popular this package really is, essentially. It's 2020. How is JavaScript development changing? How is the process of developing a full-stack JavaScript application changing? I think, paradoxically, JavaScript development should have become easier over time as we have more tooling, more technologies, more scaffolding to help us build apps. But I would say counterintuitively, JavaScript development has actually become quite harder. And I think one of the reasons is that it's become so complex to build, you know, an app or like back in the days, you could just like, you know, shoot up a text editor and, you know, write about a bunch of like HTML and JavaScript and just run the app in, in the browser. And nowadays, like you have tooling in place that you have to do, like you have to use something like Webpack or Parcel, you have to set up like testing, you have to set up CICD. And basically everything has become more complex and we're kind of like seeing this trend evolving. The more tooling there is, the more complex it is to develop a JavaScript app. And I think, you know, that is like unfortunate in a way because that so like puts the barrier higher for like junior developers to start working with JavaScript. They have a lot to learn or like back in the days, they could start learning JavaScript and, you know, just with some code examples, so like shoot it up within like, you know, an hour. Nowadays, there's a lot of boilerplate around that. On the upside, I would say, we do see a lot of tools helping with that. Basically, you know, boilerplates, different like website builders, all sorts of framework that so like help you ramp up and, you know, launch your product to market in a matter of hours as opposed to like maybe days or weeks. Tell me a little about building OpenBase itself, the website. 
Is there anything that has been particularly difficult in building the site? So I think, you know, one of the hardest things for us was dealing with such an immense amount of information. Because essentially, in order to build open base, we have package pages and category pages for 1.3, 1.4 million JavaScript packages. And for each and every package, we essentially have to read through the entire commit log, which could be huge. We have to sift through all the issues. We have to sift through all the PRs and namely, you know, reading this insane amount of information and storing it and, and making sense of it and basically trying to extrapolate interesting metrics out of it. I think that this was like a big challenge. A, I would say, in terms of like making it reliable, I think, you know, one challenge is making sure we have an information that is up to date. That every time a developer visits OpenBase, they get like the most up to date so like picture of this package. And the other thing is about like querying all this data. Like we're trying to extract like pretty complicated metrics from all the commits and issues and PRs and like the list of maintainers and different people. So a lot of the heavy lifting was around that. I would say the second part is actually the manifestation of that. Like even once we have the metrics, so we have this time series building the right user interface to convey that information. One thing we're still struggling with is information overload. Namely, like, there's like so much data that we want to display, so much data that could be helpful for like developers. And I think you know, this poses a challenge in terms of like performance, in terms of like the user experience, the information architecture. So it's not enough of a challenge to sort of like get all this data. It's quite a product and user experience challenge actually, you know, displaying the right pieces of data in the right time to the right user. How often do you crawl the repositories of data that you're crawling, like GitHub? So basically, we crawl them all the time. And in terms of like our SLA, we strive to have all the data up to date within a 12 hours period. That means like you would never go to open base and see, you know, a specific metric or something that is like more than 12 hours old. And that is quite a challenge in terms of like, we do have to run a lot of servers, quite a huge database and do a lot of crunching in order to like get all the data, but it runs all the time, 24 and seven repeatedly. Are there any batch jobs you have running across the site? You mean like cron jobs, I would assume? Yes. Right. So we do have some jobs running on the site. For example, you could log into OpenBase, for example, when you want to write a review or you want to save a package, for example, add it to like your own like favorite packages. So we have one job that so like runs on the website in order to like gather the activity done by users and send all kind of like users notifications. So one example of that is like you could install an NPM package on OpenBase. And, you know, over time, we're going to send you this notification about like, you know, how about you rate this package? One other thing we're working on right now is basically providing a better like digest for users. And that essentially means that we learn over time about like your favorite stack, your favorite packages. And we are building this job in order to send you a concise summary of things you might be interested in. For example, new major versions of packages that like you've previously installed or like other packages that are kind of similar that you might want to hear about. 
So that's one class of jobs that we have. And the other thing is obviously we have a lot of workers on the back end, basically working to like, you know, obtain all the data that we need, you know, from GitHub, from NPM, from other sources and crunching the data. And basically we're kind of dependent on these jobs to be able to provide, you know, fresh data to our users every time they visit OpenBase. Tell me about the direction of the business. Where do you see OpenBase going and how do you expect to monetize it? So in terms of the direction of the business, like as you could see, you go to OpenBase right now and we don't monetize it at the moment. What we are seeing though, is that like right now we have almost 400,000 developers a month visiting OpenBase and the intent is very clear. Like most of them come from Google. Most of them are looking, you know, for like specific pieces of technology, they try to solve a problem and we help them find the right package. So we think in a way, you know, we're at the decision point where developers make these decisions about technologies. And we think, you know, over time, we're not monetizing right now, but over time we do think, you know, a lot of companies, for example, API companies, SaaS companies, databases, monitoring tools, basically all these companies they would want to get the mind share of developers. And I think in terms of intent, as developers visit OpenBase every time they're looking for a new package, for a new piece of technologies, they're trying to choose like a database, search solution for the website, for example. I think these companies would love to get the mind share of developers. And we do see ourselves like, you know, over time, allowing these companies to promote their own products on OpenBase. Obviously, you know, we're not going to touch any of the integrity of the data. Like the metrics you get are the same metrics. The user reviews are the same user reviews. But we think, you know, letting an incomer, like, for example, an open core, open source company, just want to go to market. They don't have any other way of, like, promoting their product right now. Like, they cannot go and promote their product, like, actively on GitHub or an NPM. So usually what ends up happening is they spend a bunch of money on like content marketing, which is great. But I think OpenBase can be even a better outlet to help these like open source, open core companies, API, SaaS companies, get the mind share of even more developers. How have you seen the Vue communities and the React community diverge in terms of who goes there and the usage of those two different frameworks? So I wouldn't say we have a good view in terms of like, you know, the segmentation of the market uh, when it comes to like, you know, view versus react. One funny thing I would say is that like, you know, in terms of like looking at user behavior, you could say that it's very polarizing. For example, we've seen like many people who like when unrated, like, you know, react they were like raving about the framework, they would usually end up like writing a pretty bad review for Vue and vice versa. So like in a way, I would say the market is very polarized. I think more than like even thinking about like, you know, feature set of philosophy, I think it has become so like, you know, a religious issue, the same as like you had like Veeam versus Emacs or like tabs versus spaces. So I think everyone has a pretty strong opinion about what they like, but I wouldn't say we have seen like any very distinct, you know, segmentation where it's like one type of developers choose React and other type of like developers choose Vue. Are there any ways in which people use OpenBase that has surprised you? 
Well, one thing we've seen early on, which was like, you know, it was so like surprising to me is, you know, that every time we've seen like a package maintainer, so like using OpenBase, they ended up like, you know, inviting a bunch of other friends to so like look at OpenBase. So one thing that was surprising to us that we didn't realize early on is that like maintainers are so like evangelists for OpenBase and every time they see their package page in a whole new way, I mean, it's quite different than like, you know, looking at the NPM or GitHub page or like, you know, some other pages, they would so like promote it. They would so like tell other people about OpenBase. A lot of them has reached out to us, you know, a lot of product feedback as to how we can improve like the maintainer experience. So I think this was kind of surprising because essentially we built open base for the developers, for the users first, but we did find out that like maintainers use us quite extensively. A lot of package pages have been already claimed and we've actually, you know, based on that feedback, we built some tool for like maintainers to be able to like, you know, put their packages in the proper categories. And we've even introduced like a badge for like, package maintainers, that has been, I would say, quite surprising because this was, you know, for us, this was not the core of the product. The core of the product was like, you know, the individual user that wants to perform this like one specific task and they go to OpenBase, we help them choose the right package. Whereas we found the other side of the marketplace is just as engaged as uh, and active as like the package users. So it seems like you're kind of able to turn this into something like a, a social network for packages? I guess you could say that. And I think, you know, in a way, when people look at OpenBase, they still look at it more as a utility, I would say, more as a utility than a social network. But we definitely have some social elements in place. And we found that users really love these. For example, you know, we recently added the capability to upvote and download reviews. And, you know, we're working on some stuff that would allow users to, like, even contribute, like, uh, more content to the community and discuss around that content. We've allowed people to, so, like, you know, upload resources such as, like, tutorials and videos and other stuff for these packages. So I think you could think about it, like, you know, as a social network. But the way I see it, it's more about, like, you know, we have, I think, in the JavaScript ecosystem about, like, 1.3 million packages so I think we sort of want OpenBase to become the center where people go every time they're like interested in this package, whether, you know, we're talking about choosing a package, but also about like, you know, learning how to use this package. So you have like curated tutorials or like seeing code examples of this package, looking at, you know, videos or like screenshots of this package. So I think, you know, becoming the epicenter for each and every one of these packages, that's how, you know, we kind of see open base and there are a lot of social elements to it, definitely. But I would say it is still a utility. Like it's a work tool basically for developers that helps them become more productive, choose the right packages and, and use them effectively. Have you considered making open base itself open source? So yeah, that is actually one decision that we had to make like early on when we just started open base. I would say that was kind of a tough one. Eventually, we decided not to go with it and not to open source OpenBase just yet. The reason was that like we expected just like, you know, 
every early stage startup to have a lot of pivots that things would kind of like change over time. We kind of assumed over the you know first couple of years, we're going to have like many direction changes, product changes, user experience changes, which I think, you know, is very confusing where you so like publish an open source project where you need to have, you know, certain direction, certain roadmap. We didn't want this to be an inhibition. We didn't want this to have any like negative effect on the community. But, you know, as like open base matures and stabilizes, we do see ourselves like over time opening up, you know, an API, opening up, you know, some, some parts of like the code base open source as it becomes more stable and mature. What do you think about the low code community relative to the Jamstack community? There's kind of the, the promise that both of these can afford much easier front end development, but they kind of come at it from different angles. Do you see a merger coming between low code and the Jamstack? So I think they're like kind of running in orthogonal directions. And obviously sometimes like there's an opportunity cost, like as a company, sometimes you have to make a decision and you either like, you know, decide to go by building something with Gatsby, for example, or like you go on and and build something with, with a low code solution. So I think, you know, we do see some merging in the space. For example, you know, you see companies like uh, Stackbit, it kind of produces something that is like the best of both worlds. Namely, like you can still use the Jamstack technologies. You can use the CMS. You can use like, you know, stuff like Gatsby, but still, you know, you make it friendly enough so that, you know, the people who use it can be, they can be developers, but they could be marketers as well, I would say. So I think it's it's not about having this inevitable merge. I think some people would opt to go like all the way, you know, building a Jamstack website, whereas like, you know, for other companies, other things, it would make more sense going for like simple to use, maybe like low code solutions. But I do expect, you know, over the next few years that we see more like companies, more solutions. So like integrating both approaches, which I think, you know, when it comes to no code, it's, I don't see it, I see it as like a binary thing. I think it's about like the barrier to entry. And I think even when developing Jamstack solutions, you know, you could see the entire spectrum from like having to write everything yourself from, from the ground up through stuff like, you know, scaffolding tools and boilerplate tools through like, you know, website builders and other utilities that basically enable everyone to build their Jamstack website. So in terms of indexing open source projects and making reviews for them available, are you only focused on the JavaScript ecosystem or are you, do you plan to go to the rest of the market? So we're actually started working on expanding to Python and Go. And we started with JavaScript because like, you know, I started open base basically out of my own pain as a developer, having to like research and evaluating competing packages. And I think the pain is most notable in the JavaScript ecosystem that has so like exploded exponentially. But I think you do have the same pain with other languages. You have the same thing in Python. You have so many like, you know, different projects in Go. So we want to use the same methods that we used on the JavaScript ecosystem, namely provide deeper insights to help you choose, provide uh, user reviews and try to categorize like, you know, this entire like registry of like so many packages. 
And yeah, we're about to expand to Python next and then Go, but essentially we want to cover like, you know, as many different languages as we can, because we think this problem, well, you know, while we started with JavaScript, we think it's not exclusive to JavaScript at all. We think this kind of like uh, decision fatigue plagues even other ecosystems as well. So it'd be a great for your business if you could become the de facto place for JavaScript package reviews, maybe even other open source project reviews. And in order to become the source of truth, you obviously have to be the source of truth according to Google. So what's your interaction with search engine optimization? So funny thing is, you know, we launched OpenBase just over a year ago and we grew quite rapidly, I would say primarily thanks to Google. But, you know, I I think the funny part about that is we never optimized for SEO directly. We didn't use any kind of like SEO tactics, you know, to, to get some traffic. I think what we did that was like super beneficial was kind of talk to a lot of developers and understand, you know, what they're looking for instead of like, in terms of like every time they look for like a specific task they want to perform and they look for the right package, you know, what they're searching for, what kind of information they need. So we kind of optimize for that. We optimize for the user intent and we optimize for the user language, you know, by speaking to many developers and we've interviewed like dozens of developers we find the kind of like language and terms that like developers usually use. And then, you know, obviously we had to validate that. So, you know, we use different tools. We use like Google's keywords research tool to sort of like validate that this is indeed what developers are looking for. And I think by simply providing this content that people are looking for in a market where like you couldn't find this content, I think this was picked up by Google and we started getting, you know, nice amounts of like, traffic over time. What kinds of terms do you find people searching for the most in OpenBase? That is quite interesting. So we actually see mostly like two classes of searches. First one I would say is probably name search where like, you know, people look for a specific package wherever like, you know, for example, you just installed this package And you're so like breaking your head, like you're having many troubles getting it to work or you don't really understand how to use it. So people, you know, could look for like, you know, something like React Tooltip and then like, you know, troubleshooting or React Tooltip alternatives or React Tooltip, you know, name of like a specific problem. So in all these cases, you know, a lot of people search Google for like since over a million packages, a lot of people use these name searches. And basically when they land on OpenBase, we send them to the package page. And in the package page, you know, they can get basically the latest documentation. They can talk to other developers. So we kind of help them, you know, resolve their problem, but we're also showing them alternatives, which means for this specific package, you might want to consider those other like 10 packages that could be a good alternatives. And then, you know, obviously we we try to help them make a well-informed choice. So this, I would say, is the first class of like search that we were seeing from Google. The other type of term is people looking to solve a specific problem or rather like they're trying to tackle a specific task. So, you know, for example, someone could search for like React or suggest. So what you usually see in this case is people looking for the task's name, but 
oftentimes they would add something like, you know, a specific framework. So it could be, you know, uh, react or suggest, but it could be like Angular or Vue or suggest or like, you know, uh, node search engine or something like that. And in this case, they usually land on our category pages. So as I mentioned, we have, you know, tens of thousands of like category pages on OpenBase. We do a lot of work kind of categorizing these packages because we want to provide the right experience. I mean, when a user makes this kind of search, they are basically looking for something like the best solution to help them like resolve this package. Now, typically they would go, you know, on NPM and, you know, read the readme and so like make some other search or they would go on GitHub. They would so like go through the readme and then go over like the issues to see if like the package is well-maintained, go over the commit log to see what's the development velocity like, and then eventually decide about the package. People who come with this intent, they want to reach a decision and they want to reach it like as soon as possible. So we help them by trying to like put all the metrics in one place. They would go on this package and we show them like 10 or 15 different like autocomplete packages. And you can compare like the different things like the maintenance on the package, the popularity of each package over time. And then essentially we want them to be able to make a decision, to reach a decision and install a package as soon as possible. I would say these are the two main classes. So like name search or people looking for a specific task that they want to perform. So in some ways it can be like a stack overflow. In a way it can. And, you know, although we don't have any specific, like, you know, question and answer capabilities on our website. So I think in such case, if people have like a very specific kind of question, oftentimes they can get the answer on like stack overflow. Whereas, you know, in other cases where they have like an open-ended problem or they're just like, you know, frustrated with some aspect of this package. For example, you know, it's too slow or like, you know, it has, you know, a vague or immature kind of like documentation. Oftentimes they end up on the open base and we help them, you know, assess the other, other alternatives for, for this package. Have you had to do any community management like to reduce spam or anything? So we actually actively monitor right now all the reviews on OpenBase and all the tutorials to make sure, you know, they're all legit. There isn't any kind of spam. There's no like, you know, solicitor reviews because I think, you know, in a way we were like the first to build like this kind of like reviews platform for open source. And I think, you know, in a way it's a lot of fun, but it's a huge responsibility because we cannot steer the conversation. We cannot have like, you know, spam on our platform and we got to make sure that like every uh, review that you read is kind of trusted. So we actually go over like each and every review that goes up to open base before it's online. I would guess, you know, as we scale, as we become like a hundred times larger, that would become, you know, quite a big issue in terms of like moderating this content. And I think at this stage, we would probably appoint, you know, people basically ambassadors from the community to help us moderate this content. But right now we're doing everything ourselves and each and every piece of content has to be moderated. I think this is like crucial to open base. What aspect of the engineering are you focused on today? So we're mainly focused right now on extending the product A for like additional languages and frameworks, as I mentioned, Python and Go and other languages and be basically deepening the amount of like insights and content 
and useful data that we provide you know, for our users. So in that sense, we're like highly, highly focused on the web development side. And that means front end and back end. On the front end, like we have a lot of challenges around the world of like building this sophisticated user experience with you know, a lot of charting, but it still has to be performant, a lot of information architecture. We use GraphQL to so like, you know, interact rapidly between the back end and the front end. We have a lot of challenges on the back end because like we already have tons of data that we're dealing with. And we're actually, you know, we're working on adding like additional integrations, getting data from like additional data sources. So a lot, a lot, a lot of like backend challenges for like probably the foreseeable future. So our focus is mostly on the web stack right now. We're actually hiring front end, back end, like full stack developers. And, you know, over time, I would guess probably in a year or two, we're going to make a shift and probably allocate even more resources to things like, you know, machine learning and big data because we do accumulate, you know, huge amounts of data. And I think at a certain point, you know, it would be inevitable for us to like, you know, start using machine learning to improve our algorithms, mostly around like, you know, the discovery element of OpenBase, being able to surface like interesting insights, interesting packages, interesting updates that are like specific to you as a user based on like your previous activity on OpenBase. Well, Lior, is there anything else you'd like to share or discuss about OpenBase? I would just say that like, you know, we're growing as a company, we're a small startup, we're based in the Bay Area. I think, you know, we've built something that a lot of developers love and that really makes us happy. And, you know, we've just been part of YC's summer 2020 batch, which has been an amazing experience. And we have backing by great, some like high profile investors from the industry. And, you know, going forward, like we're trying to expand our team. So like we're looking for great people who love working on developer tools. We're looking for front-end, back-end engineers, full-stack engineers, and we're actually hiring our first developer advocate. I think that would be a super interesting role, like being a developer advocate for a product that is actually, you know, so developer-centric. I think that is, you know, quite a challenge. So yeah, we would love to hear from you. You can always email me at or at openbase.io. And yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, Lior. Thank you.